Hey guys, I'm Jeff Mims. Welcome to another episode of the 204060 Podcast. Today we uh, have a special guest with us. Trevor Lovingood's with us, but we have a special guest uh, from the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. New name for us yes. here in Tennessee. We kind of mentioned that actually in our last podcast, but David Evans is with us. David's a friend and one of their specialists in evangelism. David, tell us a little bit about what you do for TBC Life or Tennessee. What are we calling that? Is it TBC Life or is it Tennessee yeah. Baptist Mission Board so, Life? Yeah, Tennessee Baptist Mission Board Life. Okay. I, I really like that title. So it kind of really emulates more of who we are who we ought to be, that kind of thing. So instead of being like a board of executives that, uh, you know, folks that just make decisions and let someone else carry it out, you know, we all are reminded by the name that we are on mission, right? So we're all missionaries. And so I like that. Yeah. So they hired me. Uh, I'm coming up on this third year. Uh, I've been a church planning pastor for 16 years in my hometown, which is essentially an oversized Mayberry. And I start this, uh, 20-somethings church that's a missional kind of model thing there. Um, and so uh, the only thing I knew to do was to lead people uh, in gospel conversation and to baptize them. And uh, when I left, 97% of our church were uh, previously lost and unchurched. That's awesome. So when we had like folks come from other churches, we we didn't really readily just kind of say, yeah, come on and, and let's just do this thing. We, we actually sent them back to churches saying, hey, let's... Uh, Let's see if you can make amends. Let's see if you can make peace here because um, the last thing we need is to be a Jonah in your life or you a Jonah in our life kind of thing. And so we just we want to reach this thing in peace. So so a lot of folks that we worked with were, were, were folks that had no traditional view of God or church. And so about three years ago, um, um, Dr., Dr. Davis uh, and, and the crew asked me to come on board to um, just kind of head up the evangelism area. Um, and so for the past three years, man, just, just trying to um, work with churches from, man, Mountain City, Knoxville, to Chattanooga, to Memphis, to Dyer County, I mean, all over Tennessee, um, one, just to reach their community better and, um, you know, in, in whatever way. And I get asked a lot, Jeff, with um, just churches all over, you know, how, how do we just start? You know, if, if we've not had this culture, how do we start? How do we go from like zero to 60? What, what do we do? And several ideas like, like we've talked before, um, just um, really anything, just start conversations, right? And that may just end up like, like we're, we're speaking about just even wearing a T-shirt that says, you know, uh, ask my story kind of thing and have your, have your members uh, wear such a T-shirt so whenever they're out in public, people uh, are approaching them. And so it kind of takes that major, very nervous part of the piece out of the pie um, because people view evangelism like they do public speaking. They get extraordinarily nervous. Yep. And, and honestly, we've not really done ourselves a lot of favors in the past several decades of making it only a, a way that we go talk to strangers reciting an outline and that's it. I mean, that, that makes me sort of nervous. Um, and so because if you screw some of it up, you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you don't you don't want to mess that stuff up, That's you right. know. And then like ah, and then and then if you've ever seen anybody recite the outline and then they mess up and then they totally utterly like like just flip out right. right there and you're like don't flip out you're doing really good just keep talking Lockdown. and you're coaching you're coaching <laughs> the guy it. and the guy's up it. there lost and and they're like what's happening I'm like we're having a total meltdown but yeah. it's okay we'll get back with you in a minute <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so so the shirts kind of provide that kind of skip of that that anxiety right and yeah. so people come to you saying all right tell me your story kind of thing um 
And so the only thing then is that they need to be familiar with their story, right? Yeah. Which yeah. Um, which they should be. Yeah. And I'd just say this: if you're if you're looking for something. Uh, I guess it was about a year and maybe a year and a half ago, David had been with the TBC for a little while and, and we met up one day and he said, how can I help you get, get going on evangelism? What are you feeling? What's not working? What is working? And we were kind of scratching our heads, needing a first step. And when he brought up the idea of put this on a t-shirt and wear it around, I was like, that's the worst idea <laughs> I've ever heard, yeah. but I have nothing better. <laughs> Let's try it. And guys, I'm telling you, it works. We've taken our yeah. church through it. We had 300 some people. I wear the shirt all the time. Very seldom do I wear it in a day yeah. uh, where somebody doesn't ask me. And and uh, I know you were saying at Tennessee Tech they did like crazy, like ugly, like lettering, you know, brow, <laughs> yeah. uh, proud and and real uh, neon type thing. We did just a regular shirt. Uh, Trevor, you actually kind of worked with Patton and kind of designed a couple of different scripts for that shirt but it really worked with our people didn't it yeah it really it really did uh just real quick when he's explaining kind of who he is and what he does and this kind of maybe corny maybe cheesy like t-shirt idea if you were to look at him right now like dude is looking good he's on point <laughs> he's he's got the outfit working you he know he's the got outfit working. he's got the vans rocking <laughs> so we knew how to greet each other when he walked in that's like, right He's Band a homie, brothers. he's a friend. And they're fresh We're vans, already. too. The white is still yeah. nice. Yeah, come on. Yes. Come I like on. it. White's still they're nice. Clean. I'm wearing the vans that have been sun-faded because that's cool, too. You <laughs> oh, know, like yeah. Put them in yes. the back of your seat. You did that so on purpose. Faded. Oh, come on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> if you're not doing it on purpose, why do it? Um, but oh, yeah, so they really goodness. worked. Uh, we were really... I'm pretty particular in the way things look, feel, and the idea is, is cool or whatever, but... Uh, and it gets people going. I've had the same success, just in uh, maybe not the wording of it, actually, uh, like ask me my story, but the same success in creating something that looks appealing, that people want to ask questions. I like the college ministry that we do here at Judson is called My Local. Why the heck is it called My Local? Uh, there's a reason behind it's called My Local, um, but the the reason. I think the Lord maybe led us to is that it's unique and people want to know what it is. So maybe even just uh, doing something, calling something, creating something uh, that meets a problem and that meets a need and then having people want to know what it is is very helpful as well. And I should back that up because I wore one of his My Local shirts and on the back of it, it says like four times, My Local, My Local, My Local, My Local. And this guy asked me one day, he was like, what is my local, my local, my local, my local? And I was like, well, it's actually my local. And then told him about it at a gym I was at. So a couple of things about that. If, if you're interested in uh, the T-shirt design, we have it. We'll give it to you. You can certainly do your own. It's simple. Ask my story. We did ask me my story. Uh, if you want to connect with David, uh, we'll kind of talk about that at the end of the day. But you need to because uh, he'll come to your church and work with you. Uh, and I, I, we should just say this, I guess. Cost associated with the Tennessee Mission Board sending you out somewhere to be in a church is what for that church? Yeah, so... Um, how, did that, how does that work? So churches, uh, I go all over the state of Tennessee serving Baptist churches. My role is to serve Baptist churches. When I roll up to a church in Memphis, um, um, they uh, they are afforded uh, call opportunity from all of our specialists that we just come. Uh, yeah. There is no, hey, give us a love offering or that kind of thing. There's something, Jeff, called the, that cooperative program thing, That's right? It. 
Yeah, and so all these Southern Baptist churches all over the world, but like specifically in Tennessee, give to that fund, the cooperative program, and that pays for the gas. You know, that pays if I need a hotel, pays if I need to take someone out and just encourage them. Uh, so it pays for those kind of things. So I, I hesitate to say I will come for free because hey. it's not free. That's right. right? Somebody yeah. paid. Yeah. For Somebody it. has Somebody. paid, and that's what's happening. So all these churches, uh, like we're sitting in, in a church that has done it historically for many, many years yeah. here at Judson, and so it is that program that fuels that, that makes this available, that if anybody out there, they're like, man, I just need somebody to walk walk a street with me or just sit in my office or just kind of walk through this or think through this with me. That's where we're at. You know, if you've read a book that's really been um, invigorating, something that's really inspired you, uh, do you have someone that can physically just sit across the table and just kind of process that book and help you connect that that evangelistic book to what you're currently doing in your model? That's where we come in. So I think that's one of our greatest strengths. It's built on relationships uh, it's very innovative in, in how we do things nowadays. But, like, yeah, it's it's really relational building. Our, our little um, subtitle is that we serve churches. We serve yeah. Baptist churches. So that's our whole thing. And um, and it's a it's a cool, cool little thing. Before we move way too far from the T-shirt idea, though, I think it would behoove me not to, not to say that. What I, a I, word, I, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I just slipped that just, in there, you right? You got me behoove. I'm I, in. I slipped that. I've got a few words written on I'm the bottom of my right shoe now. that I'm going to drop that yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, I David, got from a calendar yesterday. I'm it's, listening. <laughs> a calendar, yeah. 100%. It's, it's awesome. It's like multiple uh, uh, word a day calendar. So, uh, behoove yeah. me. Go so ahead. I just wrote it on the shoe. Um, so, um, so the, the T-shirt thing it sounds really cool, and it looks really cool. Uh, it, it may not fit everybody, no pun intended there, right? And so yeah. there, there's this principle, though. <laughs> There's this principle that that basically that shirt, what it's doing is it's taking some of the anxiety out. That's and there, there's the principle. How how do we, no matter what it is that we're doing, how do we as church leadership or evangelists or Great Commission people, how do we take the anxiety out? Because if people truly see evangelism, sharing their faith or sharing the gospel as 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 anxiously building as public speaking, how do we pull that anxiety out so it comes just so natural as yeah. breathing. And so the principle there with the shirt is, man, just pull some of the anxiety out. If somebody has a, a, a nervous twitch of standing in front of a group and saying, well, don't force them in front of a group, you know, sure. teach them how to be great commission with one one or yeah. uh, baking a cake and giving it to somebody. Sure. So, um, yeah, I love the shirt. It's it's a cool idea. It's um, a great that idea. Principle is just pulling yeah. the anxiety out, so it's yeah. just that much easier. And I would just say this, guys: if you're uh, if if you if you need some help in this, and I think we all do, reach out to David and get in touch with him. Uh, you won't regret it. It'll be good for you. Today, we're gonna kind of kind of segue into what we were kind of talking about uh, already. I mean, we kind of set it up when we talk about engaging our culture as believers. We're kind of trying to figure out how do we do that, and is there a best way for us to do that? Uh, I guess one of the things that we've got to answer is, does the church really exist to impact the culture directly, or is it more indirect through evangelism, discipleship of the people? And that kind of gets back to our responsibility. I'll throw out, uh, I'll play the old school Southern Baptist uh, line real quick, and then I want you guys to kind of bring, bring about a new... Uh, as I was coming up in Southern Baptist life, uh, there were great leaders. Uh, you could think of any of them from, from past days. Uh, the, the current one who kind of comes to mind for me who engages culture as maybe as directly as anybody is Robert Jeffress of uh, the, uh, First Baptist Dallas. 
you don't have to ever wonder about where he stands. And that, that would certainly be how we have typically engaged culture, through the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission or a key pastor kind of engaging on a national level. Uh, today, how do you see people, David and Trevor, we'll start with Trevor, how do you see people engaging culture and what's the best practice moving forward for young people? Is that the only effective way to have kind of a national leader speaking that or is it more organic or direct or indirect? How are you feeling about that? That's a massive question. Jeez. <laughs> uh, no okay, so I'm just going to be- begin small. I have to. Pretty simple guy, except I love uh, shoes. Um, so I'm going to begin there. So uh, one thing that I've just kind of simply tried to get college students, 20s, young adults, to think about, to begin to live out is this. Um, you love what you love for a reason, and uh, it's because it's who you are. So if I love shoes, great. It's just who I am. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, you know, Adidas is doing a great job right now of coming out with some really cool shoes. So I'm going to go get a pair that I like. Um, for me, and uh, there's the conversation piece. Uh, so what we t- what we talked about earlier was living life uh, on purpose, right? So um, really, it's using the clothes that you would choose to wear, choosing a piece of clothing on purpose, whether it's to look good or what, you're choosing this piece of clothing to share Jesus. So um, <laughs> as funny as it seems, it's I, I actually choose a, uh, a a pair of shoes to share Jesus to okay. begin a conversation. Um, I was going to do it anyways. Let's just go ahead and add some like eternity, eternity, eternal value to it. Um, so it's it looks a, like it's this. a little bit of a tribe mentality, figuring sure. out where your tribe is and kind of running in that circle. Yeah, yeah. So it goes beyond what you wear. It goes into yeah. what you do. You would climb. Sure. Um, Jeff is always talking about the people he's connecting with in the climbing gym because he's getting so swole and strong, and he can't help it. Um, so you know that, that is a gross is, exaggeration. <laughs> he's, uh, everybody, gross, go look definitely. at uh, Jeff <laughs> Mims's Instagram right now. He yeah. is yoked out of his yes. mind. Uh, but the thing is this, and this is simple. Uh, do what you love for the one you love to reach the people you love. I like and that. so like it's just kind of that thing that we've kind of come to where it's like, yes, do what you love. Don't try and be like me. Don't try and be like someone else that you like uh, or wish you could be. Be you because you need to be you on purpose. You were created for a unique, um, you were created uniquely you for a reason. It's to reach those people around you first. Uh, that you connect with so easily, and then go from there. Uh, do what you love for the one you love to reach the people you love. So Trevor's talking about using culture to engage the culture. Mm-hmm. Is there another way that you can think about engaging culture, David? Is there something David that knows kinda, all the ways? Kind of shows up for you. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think um, definitely we we are here to to be people that are salt and light. Right. We're here to be people that. That are ambassadors. We're called to be witnesses of of that grace and that story and that hope and that mercy that has been given to us. And um, our, our our statement of purpose uh, as as a pastor for so many years was our purpose as a church is to glorify God. And as we work that out, um, you know, we're here to glorify God and not just amongst ourselves. Our our, our purpose is to be, you know, those those storytellers of of glory. Um, in and around our community, um, and do like using culture to to uh, to tell the story of Jesus to culture. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. Um, whatever it takes, you know, if it doesn't conflict with biblical yeah, message, totally. biblical doctrine, you know, I'm I'm all about it. Uh, use whatever it is. The method uh, to me can be more liberal um, 
than than the message that I hold. I'm, I'm I feel that I'm extraordinarily conservative when it comes to the message. Sure. Um, but when it comes to the method, whatever it takes. Before I became a pastor, I was in a band. Um, and I, I man, I don't hardly even mention this much, but like you look band. like you were in a band. Yeah. <laughs> and and like just just to play music, and we were playing in churches because it was Christian music, but yet it just didn't feel right. And so we just started going to. Um, places where people were not Christian. Sure. I'll, I'll refrain. For, yeah. Sure. And so just to be able to be those salt and light, those ambassadors in all these locations throughout the Southeast and do just one, two AM in the morning, being missionaries in these places where people did not expect to come to receive Christ, but yet we were there to be Christ kind of mm. thing. It's good. Um, and so that's kind of how I've really spun my personal life. And so, uh, yeah, exactly where he's at, man. Using just being there in culture, using culture, whatever it is, as long as it does not conflict with that biblical message, um, whatever it is. And and I think it really goes back to that shirt idea too. I don't want to mm. keep pinging back to that, but honestly, as I mean, as we sit here around this table, in some aspect, we're sitting in a laboratory. We are we're scientists in a sense. Mm. We're trying to find the next thing because culture is so shifting, right? Yep. I mean, today this this millennial generation is so anthropologically and sociologically different than any other previous generation. I know every generation has said this, but and maybe we'll get into it, but like but they are so drastically different. I mean, Facebook started in 07, right? And so communication is different. Yep. My son is 4. 2007. Yeah. Facebook started. Yeah, right? Okay, sorry. I, I, yeah. Right? I mean, it doesn't I seem it been around a lot longer. Yeah, it you seems don't like know it life has. without it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Communication has changed off, everything. No. I was just bringing that like, Were you in college? Were you in college in 07 or were you still in high school? I was in What year did you graduate high school? Yeah, I was I was in high school maybe. Yeah. High school. All right. That, yeah. I mean, that's an interesting point that he brings up. And and I, I, I want to ask you guys this because I, I, I say this to our church all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all impacted by culture. And yes. it, it, there's a cultural creep in your life. And, and I mean that from the negative. And, and, yeah. here, and here's what I mean is that uh, whatever cultural day and age you're living in, the culture creeps into your life in some very obvious ways, Facebook or whatever. Yeah. But but there's a back end of that sometimes in the culture that that isn't good, you know, yeah. uh, and isn't glorifying God and whatnot. Where 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 do you see um, where do you see an excess of culture kind of leading the church astray? Where where could that become mm. dangerous, Trevor? Yeah, so um, that's pretty easy that, that we might not yeah, that we totally, might not totally, think about totally, cultural totally. creep. Like, uh, can I talk about creativity real quick? Yeah, I'd love to. Because I think that's what we think about. Okay. Uh, we need a creative pastor. Maybe I hear that term, or or someone to be help us create a service or create a experience or environment. You maybe have even uh, heard me say that. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm I love to create or or whatever. Um, but we're not just. I think culture creeps in, begins to creep in in a negative way when we're just trying to create something just to create something. Okay. When we're just trying to create, uh, let's let's create the new next thing. Uh, like David was just talking about, like it's yeah. so unpredictable. Let's try and create the new next thing. Well, you're actually going to harm yourself more than help yourself. Uh, I would say almost 100 percent of the time. Hear me out, because you're not actually solving any problems. Okay. Um, if you're going to create something, typically. Um, inventions are created, things are created to uh, fit a need, fill a void, uh, solve a problem. Um, and when church was, um, now you need to correct me, Dr. Mims, across the table, if, I, <laughs> if I'm wrong. But uh, 
church was impacting culture, actually setting the trends on culture the most when it was uh, solving the culture's problems. Okay. Um, uh, universities, hospitals, things like this. Uh, one of my favorite people, Michelangelo, shout out, uh, he was creating way ahead of his time. Um, and, and all these people were creating so far ahead of their time um, in Jesus' name. They were solving problems. They were trying to do all of these things. And actually, culture uh, was determined by church. And it was because we were solving problems. What, mm-hmm. what would it look like if church began to solve, begin to show that Jesus is the answer to their problems and that we can actually create things in this world that are solving the world's problems? And then the world begin, begins to try and like uh, copy the church yeah. For once, uh, that's the that's my thought process on it. It gets really bad yeah. real quick. Well, this is we're sim- just trying to create just to create. Well, this is simplistic, but David, you shared with me one time when you were pastoring uh, your church about a high school that came to you with a problem needing. Uh, yeah. You tried to get some engagement. It was about a picnic table. Yeah, yeah. So share that story. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, you know, solving the problem being socially active is definitely a vehicle, definitely key. And I know um, uh, you. Um, probably we're heading here anyway, um, that, that, that aspect of serving, that aspect of niceness for us is not the goal. You know, the social activism is not the goal. It's a vehicle in which to get to the goal, which is totally. being great commission yeah. people, right? Right. Yep. And so sometimes we get so caught up in staying in the vehicle because it's comfortable that we never make it to the goal. And so being a people, being church leaders, we always have to be mindful not to be caught up in the servant part of the servant evangelism. Yep. But use a servant and a niceness as vehicles in which to get to the evangelism, the Great Commission part. Um, we had this school uh, uh, approach us because they had seen us do a lot of, quote unquote, nice things in the community and they just needed help. And so um, so they um, so they were talking to me and stuff like this. And and I had approached them uh, earlier about doing some stuff, basically just trying to build relationship. And and so uh, it, it, long story short, we were able to build a picnic table. We didn't even have to buy anything because they had all the material there. So we just sent in our folks. We threw in some extra materials, so not just to throw a picnic table together, but we threw out like a patio and a roof and all this kind of stuff just to kind of be an extra blessing for them. Yeah, and we got them to approve and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And so afterward, the principal called me uh, that next week uh, back to his office, which is something you never want in life, right? I mean, I've gotten out of school <laughs> yeah. and I'm being called back Ooh. into the principal's office. So that's that's got to be bad. So, uh, so I go back and he's like, wow, you did all this and whatever. And he said, um, would you mind coming and teaching Bible here at the school? And this is a public school. So uh, I'm like, yeah, I would absolutely love to. He says, now, you know, there may be some resistance or somebody may, um, you know, may argue or whatever. I'm like, dude, whatever it takes, we'll, we'll do this. And so I did that for two years. Yeah. And currently, even to this day, Wednesday mornings uh, at, at like early in the morning before school starts, there's a Bible study there. Uh, that for all the kids to come. Yeah. And so what happened was that vehicle of nice, that vehicle of servant allowed us to be able to express gospel verbally and, uh, and, and with our hands as well. So like we were able to be it and talk about it there. And it opened up so many other avenues uh, because like you were saying, people are looking for help for the church to solve problems. And if we're just kind of sitting back, you know, and just chilling, being a sleeping giant, right? Um, and we're missing, we're missing so much. And this is where like Acts 2020 comes in mm. where the writer talks about, you know, I did not shrink back from telling you there are so many things within our day, every single day for all of us that affords us that opportunity to step in, to lean in, mm. to speak into a moment 
Or we could even have that moment where we just kind of step back and chill and watch life pass us by as we shrink back. Even the biblical writer acknowledged that there's that moment. And so if I can just encourage folks that are listening, us, you know, in that moment, it could be a millisecond, could be could be a, a day or two, I don't know, uh, but step in, speak in, you know, uh, into such moments because why else are we here? Yep. But to be yep. that gospel injection, right? You know, mm-hmm. to be that great commissioned person. So, yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm, we were talking about this before we we started recording today, and I'm not I'm not going to go off on it. I'm going to give you a, a resource though. If you haven't read J.D. Greer's book Gaining by Losing, the story of the Summit Church is pretty strong, and how they began to do what Trevor was saying and what David was alluding to in a practical way of solving some problems for their community and how God blessed that. Let me guys ask you this question as, as we kind of think about it like this. Uh, how much do you think our culture or our church should mirror culture? How much should the church mirror the culture? Yeah, so uh, I think David will probably have a way better answer than me. Uh, I like listening to your answers, David. <laughs> Crushing it. You're Jeez. encouraging, man. So, uh, let's hang out more. Let's see. I'm in. I'm in. Uh he wears a he wears a cool ring too. I'm like trying to figure out how he got it, where he got it. So, um, There's this crane I, at Walmart. Homeboy, I'm telling you, it works awesome. I, I, I think he got it from his doctorate, so uh, it's gonna take me a while to get there. But um, how should church mirror uh, culture? Question. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. I don't even know where I would begin with it. I would say that uh, that may be the wrong thought process. Hmm. That may be just the wrong way to look at it entirely. Um, it goes back to me for like, what do you do? What you love for the one you love to reach the people you love. Um, I love music. I love new music, and so I'm trying to look at maybe even bringing some of that that I can to church, which mm-hmm. may you may or may not agree with it whatever it can be christian music it doesn't have to be secular it's just well answer that um, question though because i mean this is a this is a great question how how much of popular culture is it wise to bring in your church so i mean like like what about using a secular song on a sunday morning yeah so like where are you at with that uh it depends on uh kind of everything that the song shares with us i would say like the what's the meaning of the song or What's it saying or whatever? It doesn't. I so I'm, I'm going to give you a for instance because I yeah. was I was at um, two years ago in the fall we were at Trevecca, yep. and kicked off one of our my local parties there, and we opened that night with Major Laser DJ Major Laser. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think Some, so. Someone to lean on, and the and the entire purpose. That's not a Christian song, by the way. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I, it's not. It's not non-Christian. It's just not. There's nothing wrong with it, but the message that night was focused around an idea, and you were 100% comfortable, I assume. Did you know they were going to do that? Had you been part of that planning process? Yes. Okay, yes. so you were 100% comfortable doing that. What made that okay? Uh, it made it okay because it was it was on purpose, and it was a part it was a part of like the service, the conversation. I think of what I spoke on that night would fit it per- like really perfectly. Um, who you know? Who do you have? to lean on when your life or something like that. It, it went, it went together. Uh, I think as a, as, as a team, we, you know, you talk about it, you pray about it. You don't spend too much time because it's who you, if, if you, if you, who, if you are on stage, who you are, hopefully like, you know, other places, um, obviously you need to be above reproach, but like at the same time, um, 
that's just who I who I am. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to use everything in culture that I love to reach those people. So if it's on purpose, I think it's gonna have a difficult time if your relationship with the Lord is consistent. If you're you're looking to Him for things to say, I I, I have no problem so, with that. So I my. would say that uh, when I was in high school, we started. I don't know how this trend got started, but we we started in youth group singing "Lean on Me." You know, can you, you give us you a know, verse real quick? I, I can't. Hey, 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 come on, you, 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 please, please. You know the song. You have to. I don't know it. No, Help me. <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, and and so, I, I guess when I sang along. Strong, I guess I sang along with that. Not really thinking. Shut up. I guess I sang along with that. Not really thinking <laughs> I about love it. You. And I, I don't know that it, I don't know that it hurt us, but I don't know that it helped us either. And I know the trend. Like, like I would, I would just say this. I'll, I'll play the, I'll play the curmudgeon because I feel like I'm, I think I'm the oldest person today. Uh, we'll and, let you have it, and, Doc. And that's, that's kind of where, I, <laughs> that's kind of where I live. So, uh, I would not be comfortable in a Sunday morning service doing that while I had no issue with the fact that we did it at my local party. So, uh, yeah. it fits and, and the culture. It totally does. It too. does fit the culture. Uh, I, I guess one of the one of the yeah. things that I worry about, and I want David to weigh in on this, where he's comfortable with it, because one of the things that I would worry about, and this is a trend. If you're not familiar with this trend, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you've grown up in a church where that would never have happened, we're not making this up. Uh, I, I won't mention the church, but it, uh, I mean a well known church, and and what the guy did. He he was on point in his preaching that that day. I listened to the whole service, but they opened with "Highway to Hell" from ACDC, not mm-hmm. a song that's on my iPod, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, but his his point in the sermon was: if you don't know Christ, you're literally on a highway to hell today, and don't even know it. Uh, the thing that bothered me about that in watching it was that the people that were playing it and singing it were loving it way too much. It was a rock out moment that felt a little self satisfying in in that moment. That 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 runs way past the line for me. Uh, David, where are you at with that? Where, where I mean, having yeah. pastored, have, you're around yeah. churches all over the state. Where are you at with that? Yeah. So Jeff, I think there's there's a difference with mirroring culture and using culture as a tool. Okay. And so, like uh, most often, we uh, we talk about them kind of synonymously, and, and I want to put just this kind of divide in between that one. Obviously, we we definitely cannot mirror culture. I think if we look, or if if the world cannot tell us apart from culture, then we are missing the point completely, completely. That this world needs people needs Jesus people to be Jesus people. Yeah, they they, they are looking completely for. An unadulterated Jesus, and in in such a way, so many years back, uh, pastoring, we actually flipped the script on our Lord's Supper. We were we were a church plant, and uh, we were doing this um, Lord's Supper at all these different times because we didn't want to offend people, you know, coming on Sunday, right? That was kind of the thought, you know. You you know, you may have new people come, and they may be offended because you're having. Well, we threw Lord's Supper on Sunday morning. Because we wanted people to experience Jesus unadulterated, mm. like no apologies. Like I'm not mm. here to protect Jesus; He protects me, mm. right? And so I'm not big enough for that kind of role. Good word. And so <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And A. W. Tozier, uh, I pulled this quote up real quick. I, I, I share it often. Um, 
I think that we our measuring stick is often skewed as a church. He says, we may as well face it. The whole level of spirituality among us is low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive to seek higher plateaus in the things of the Spirit is all but gone. We've imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord, and produced a cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy Ghost. Wow. That's in of God and and men, wow. and so we've we've done this thing, and, and not that, and, and this goes into, and not that we've just compared ourselves to culture, but bro, like I've I've been guilty, and, and other people are. I've compared myself to other Christians, sure, and it's not my job to compare myself with them. It's my sure. job to compare myself with him, right? Yeah, and so I think there's this major difference with mirroring culture, which we're to be renewed by our, you know. You know, our minds are to be renewed. And so in Romans 12, 1 and 2, and be transformed and to kind of set ourselves apart from the world. But does that mean we cannot use tools? And so we have this other kind of grouping of great, awesome Christian people that like abhor Facebook, social media that will run away from it. But in my mind, in my understanding of New Testament, just uh, just the scope of New Testament, I think Paul would salivate having social media. Sure. Right. I mean, because now for the first time, we can actually do evangelism from the pews. We can we can type something in a Facebook status, and we know that the majority of our people in our communities across Tennessee mm-hmm. are sitting at home or somewhere else. They're not in our churches. And so when 30 of their friends post the same thing on the Facebook wall post, dude, does that not bring curiosity, right? Yeah. And so using something of the world as a tool, I think, is a totally different kind of thing. But to mirror, no, most definitely not. Yeah, totally. Most definitely not. So so. So that that gets into something I've heard Bruce Ashford speak about uh, from Southeastern. Love Bruce. uh, Fantastic mind and thinker. But he he talks about looking at whatever you're facing and redeeming it for its intended purpose. Mm to glorify God. So there's no doubt Facebook or yeah. any, I mean, I, I honestly think probably any social media could probably, you could probably find a way to redeem it for, for the gospel. Maybe not LinkedIn, but maybe the rest. Maybe not LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, what's, what's the one? My space. Uh, no. What's the one everybody's using Trevor where there's Snapchat. There you go. Tinder. Uh, yeah. Ten- oh yeah. No. Maybe that'd be a little awkward. Uh, How about Twitch though? Swipe right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but but you know what's interesting when you think about redeeming something for the purpose Christian of the gospel angle. or yeah. glory. Yeah. All of a sudden that takes a little bit of a twist. Now the the one thing and we'll kind of start to wrap it up with this. I'm gonna ask you guys, um, and I, I, you're gonna have to forgive me because I can't remember who who said it. It may, it may have been Piper. It may have been um, Eugene Peterson that we're hung up sometimes on the idea of being clever. Hmm. And when we're clever, God can't use us hmm. because he doesn't use the clever things of the world. He uses the fools of the, this world, yeah. you know, the people who are mocked and, uh, the, the, we're, you know, the, the, the people who, who will let, let him pour out his spirit through them. Yeah. And and I got to be honest. Sometimes I want to be clever. Yeah, and and, and Jeff, I, I want to be there. Me too. I'm there you too. Know? But in in the Bible, and I'm so convicted at this point because I want to be clever and witty and and all that kind of stuff. But in the Bible, who is it that characterizes clever and cunning? Yeah. But the snake in the garden, right? Yeah. And so, so wow. So how how do we how do we use these things in culture? Yeah. Without uh, it, how do we set up? Let me just we'll, we'll finish with this question. How do we set up some safeguards around ourselves? Mm. So that culture doesn't creep in and become something that is affecting us negatively or so that we're not uh, believing our own hype, our own press, 
and and becoming clever and the goal being cleverly cool by the way people think about us. What, what how do we do that trevor uh i i like to hopefully answer um uh, if i'm trying to be clever or thinking through something is what, what problem am i solving with this mm. like what what's the what's the solution here is this helping uh solve somebody's issues or problems is this getting someone further on the journey closer to jesus or is this just doing something just to do something because i think if you start doing things just to do things you're going to end up doing a lot of things and none of them are going to end up being about jesus yeah. no one's going to yeah. be getting saved um so at the end of the day is my is why i'm doing what i'm doing for to see people come to know jesus all right and yeah. so like that's got to be that and then having somebody a few people go on that journey with you uh, to make sure that your uh, your motive, as we've kind of talked about, yeah. is pure. And they, they ask you specific questions like this one, and this one's that I get all the time is, what is God telling you right mm-hmm. now? Where is that found in his word? Mm-hmm. And how much, you know, are you consistently with him? Okay. So, like, what is, yeah, and that's where it is I, I like that, and I, I like the idea of having some people, because I think you can apply that matrix, what Trevor was just talking about, whether it's to your Facebook, your Instagram, the way you're doing ministry, yeah. or whatever, to say, like, are, are we on point with this? David, what about you? What do you, what do you do to set up in your life to make sure you don't get that cultural creep or the yeah. cleverness? Yeah, so I, I think spiritual disciplines and boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. So continuing to be be praying, continuing to be fasting in your word, continuing to keep those spiritual disciplines, but also with the spiritual discipline of having a mentor and having brothers in Christ that you can be accountable to. The whole accountability thing is kind of on the rise with with kind of our generation that we want to be able to transparency uh, like with our conversations with one another. We want to be able to speak that way and have folks speak into our lives. But you know where where there's just many there's this wisdom with many counselors, right? That the Proverbs talks about, I mean, over and over. And so having these mentors in your life to pour into you before you step out, because once you've said it, once you've done it, you can never take it back. Right. right. And so there's that part of that boundary thing, uh, to, um, just set up these, a very effective boundaries in your life to where you don't get caught up, you know, like the Billy Graham rule of never being alone with a lady or somebody like that is, is so huge, important. Um, and the covenant eyes for like your computer and having, a brother, you know, have the other password to that so that, so that they can have all that set up. And so the, the spiritual disciplines for me has always been huge and always trying to stay on top, having somebody hold me accountable and just ask me about it, you know, give them the keys to say, how is fasting today? I mean, that's the unapproachable subject, right? Nobody wants to talk about it because we feel like we, we shouldn't, but we have to, yep. we're living in a, in a day and age where, where it's desperately, desperately needed yep. for us to be men that fast you know, and I'm talking, it's the same man because we're in a room full of guys here, but like men and women, yep. you know, across our uh, world that, that yep. fast. So those spiritual dis- disciplines, but also the, uh, just the boundaries hmm. that you set them up and you have mentors that help you keep those boundaries. Because if you're going to use culture and, and use these tools uh, that culture has, you're not going to abhor, you're, you're not going to kind of become Amish or a Mennonite, but you're going to utilize them for the greater upbuilding of God's kingdom then you're going to have to do it in a very wise yeah. um, manner. And that is with a team of folks. If you ever go at it and you're the only one that thinks it's a good idea, heads up, it, yeah. it's probably dumb. I, I think for me, yeah, I, I love that because I think for me it is it is about having some people speak in your life. I think the the question that I'm, I'm constantly asking about culture, uh, 
and and we we're blessed. I, I work on a church staff where I don't have to be creative because I've got creative people all around us, and that that's a great thing for me because that's not my that is not my yeah. my wheelhouse. But one question that I want to ask them all the time is, you know, let's look at the long run view of this and answer the question: Has this made any difference? This cultural engagement to move the gospel forward, or we just think it was cool. Because cool is cool, but it, it doesn't necessarily help us. Trevor, what'd you learn today? And tell everybody where they can uh, connect with you. Yeah, you can connect with me. Uh, Instagram is probably the best. Uh, Trevor, love and good one G, and uh, yes, that is my full name. So uh, you can find me there. It'd be great. Uh, the one thing I learned today, um, Jeff, is uh, it, it was reminding me of how uh, important it is to have something to say um, because I spent time with God that day. Mm. You know, like we should always have something to say because we hung out with him yep. earlier that day. And uh, he's doing something in our hearts. He's doing something in our lives. And uh, if we ever stop having him speak to us, if we ever stop um, spending time in his word, with his words, um, that's when we begin to uh, creep the other way. And we're not getting into culture so that Jesus can get into culture. We're we're having culture uh, kind of get into our lives and and kind of mess us up probably. So um, so yeah, that's that's where I am right now. That's awesome, David. Give us where people can connect with you the easiest and what'd you learn today? Yeah, cool, cool. Thank you. Um, so the the thing that that just learn uh, we can never be too discerning of culture. Uh, to have conversations like this and just to be in a room full of brothers like this that, man, this is the conversation we've had for the past 45 minutes to an hour. Um, you know, these are things I think of kind of by myself, you know, and I'm kind of considering and thinking or whatever, but to have brothers in Christ that that now I realize, man, you guys are just as cautious and discerning and careful and considerate of, of the things that, that the culture has, that you know, we can never be too discerning mm-hmm. and it's, and it's an ever going kind of process because we never know what 2007 may come again with a new social media. Yep. You know, I pastored in 2000 when I was 22. And so I was pastoring a church before the whole social media, when social media hit, we had that choice. Do we embrace, do we use, do we abhor, what do we do? You know? And so we, we utilized it and we we're one of the only church in the area. And so mm-hmm. it, it was a great tool for us, but yet you had to have, like you said, boundaries, man. Yeah. You had to have something around it because man, there's so much just vile, nasty stuff that you can so easily get into and nobody knows yep. uh, except for you and the Lord. That's it. And man, I don't, honestly, I don't know if I, you know, I don't want folks to know, but I care more about what the Lord knows. Right. And so that's, that's that sense. So, so those are some things that, that man, just learning to see other brothers that are as culturally discerning one guys, I'm walking away from this encouraged. So this is terribly, terribly cool. Um, how can folks get a hold of me? Well, you can email me at uh, d evans at tnbaptist.org that's d is in david just the letter uh and then evans so it's almost like devons so d evans at tnbaptist.org please 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 email if i don't know it or if i'm not the guy hopefully i can send you somebody that that is so that's good appreciate you being here today and joining the conversation i think for me one of the things just thinking about what i've learned uh I kind of long for the days where we had things that mattered. Trevor brought it up, hospitals, colleges yeah. that, that mattered. 
Uh, you know, we live in a city where we used to have a Baptist hospital. We don't anymore. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I just I think solving problems through the culture, and then just to be reminded again that um, it may not always be wrong to use something that's from the culture in a service or or whatnot. Uh, one resource as we close out that you ought to look at is Christ and Culture. Richard Niebuhr wrote the original, and there was an updated version I think by D. A. Carson. Pick it up, look through it. it. Has four different kind of views on how you might be able to engage the culture. And we're going to talk about this again when uh, Gene rejoins us in the next uh, version of the podcast, next episode of the podcast. You can reach me at uh, JudsonBaptist.com. Find me on Facebook. I am on Instagram, but rarely. So, God bless you and have a great day.